Welcome back, folks, and thank you for joining us tonight. The stage is set. Super Bowl 54. The Chiefs will meet up with the 49ers down in Miami in two weeks' time. And then, of course, we'll go ahead and dictate and state out our all-star game starters. Myself and Michael Gray discuss that and chop that and much, much more in the NBA. Live inside our studios of WNSE. Let's get to it. This is Seppi Podcast. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back here to the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Hey, Mike. So, tell you about this fight, man. That McGregor fight. <laughs> a waste of time. A waste of time. A waste of payment. A waste of payment. So, uh, here's the dilemma: where I'm, I'm with my boys, and rather than going out to a bar, paying you know a, a tab just to get in there and to watch the game. You say, you know what? Are we going to pay the pay-per-view? You know, something I never do. We're going to pay the pay-per-view. It's McGregor, you know what I'm saying? And when I tell you it was the utmost disappointment, <laughs> less than 40 seconds, the the opponent Cowboy gets uh, KO'd, TKO'd. Uh, and I was just like, oh, man, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, it was it was, it was interesting, Savvy. I ain't going to lie. It was It was... Like how how I I could tell McGregor was motivated. I mean, you, you could just tell it came it came out of him, and I wasn't expecting it to be that fast. I, I to be honest with you, I didn't watch it. I saw it. I replayed it and watched it the next day. But like like I said, it happened. It happened so fast for forty seconds. Like you said, we didn't miss much. And uh, it's like I said, I feel bad for those people that actually paid big time money to watch that fight too. Cause man, man, oh man. Yeah, a la me, a la myself. <laughs> big bucks, uh, pay per view for that. Never again, never again. A UFC fight. If Conor McGregor is playing somebody who's rather pedestrian, who I think he'll beat in like ten seconds, twenty seconds. Let's make sure we avoid paying pay per view for horrible fights like that. Uh, outside of that, um, I had a great time. Got a chance to um, see Bad Boys. Highly recommend it. You know, okay. Bad Boys 3. I'm going, this, I'm going this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Bad Boys 3, Martin Lawrence and, and Will Smith. It doesn't get better than that. You want comedy. You want action. Uh, probably the best tandem <laughs> duo ever. So, that hi, highly anticipated, and, and, and it's a good one. I, I recommend it for sure. Yeah, no doubt, man. Yeah, Bad Boys has been one of those. It's one of those. Uh, uh, now, well, now trilogies. It's, 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 the first two were classic, so I can only expect the third one to be that great. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be, it it, it was epic, man. I mean, well, you do, let me ask you this, Sebi. Do you think it was is better than either one of the first two? Ooh, I don't want to spoil it, my man. Okay, I got you. I, got like, you. I don't want to spoil it. You know, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. America <laughs> got to agree with me now. You know what I'm saying? I the first it. two were epic classics, but this third one, I don't want to say yes, but I don't want to say no. That's up for grabs, and that's for gotcha. you to find out. That's for you to find out, but. 
Nevertheless, folks, let's get right into it, Mike. So the stage is set for Super Bowl 54. Yes. Right? Representing the NFC are the NFC champions, the San Francisco 49ers. They had home field throughout, and they held serve. I mean, that home crowd that they have is, is just electric, and they rode that all year towards that number one seed, and they fed off that to get to the Super Bowl. And then on the opposite side, in the AFC side of the equation, Patrick Mahomes, the golden boy. It took 50 years, Mike. So it, here, here's a little history for you. The the Chiefs won Super Bowl one, right? And yeah. they won Super Bowl four. And it took them 50 years. Now we're in Super Bowl 54. A golden boy named Patrick Mahomes at the age of 24 was the right guy that was the chosen one to lead them back to the promised land in the Super Bowl. So the, the stage is set in Miami. 49ers and the Chiefs, and I got to give it up to you, man. You were right about your prediction. Yeah, no doubt, man. This this, uh, this is going to be an epic class. This is the Super Bowl that we're going to realize we never knew that we needed because this this Super Bowl is going to be epic. These are two of the clearly best teams in, in football this year. Uh, when you look at it top to bottom, how they were, you know, dominant in their respects and how they just took over, took over teams, you could tell these were the two best teams in the NFL this year. And I'm I'm happy to see them clash with each other. It's going to be a dogfight. Patrick Mahomes versus this vaunted San Francisco defense. And then you got this vaunted Russian attack, you know, versus this Kansas City defense, who's actually improved and stepped up very well uh, during the latter parts of the season. So uh, it's it's a it's a great matchup, man. It's so early. I gotta we gotta do so we gotta do our homework, Sammy. I figure I really dissect this to see who who we think is gonna win. But I, I'm just very excited for this matchup already. Yeah, and, and we won't discuss that today. Obviously, yeah. we've got two weeks to prepare for that. Um, you know, rightfully, I'm, I, I haven't even thought about it. It's, it's already a tough matchup. But let's go back to the uh, championship weekend on both sides. So what were you more, most impressed about? How Kansas City, with all the elite weapons, did that? Or were you more surprised at how the 49ers were well-prepared and Kyle Shanahan, how such a young guy he is, had their team prepared and just was lights out from the start against Aaron Rodgers. I wasn't surprised. I, I, I put it like this: I was, I was more surprised how lethal that running game was for San Francisco. I wasn't surprised that they won, and how they. I was just surprised at how they were able to run the football. I mean, Green Bay literally had no answer for that running game. The Raheem Mostert and this running, running this rushing attack was going off, running downhill all game long. The offensive line for the San Francisco 49ers needs a lot of our credit. They've been one of the more consistent lines this year all season. They they were the more physical team on Sunday. They put a hat on a hat and they were very technically technically sound. And it, watching them watching them combine and come together, I mean they they had Raheem Mostert running through holes that the trucks probably could have drove through. I mean, it, <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was it was crazy. So I think I was more I was I was more impressed with the fact that they ran the ball as effectively as they did. Whereas they won, I, I picked them to win the game, but I didn't expect them to be able to rush for 285 yards the way they did. But I wasn't surprised with how te- uh, how Kansas City came out with the, with with Patrick Mahomes and those guys because they're just a loaded offense, and the way that Patrick Mahomes and this offense is playing right now, it doesn't seem like many many people can stop them. Right, right, right. And a lot of people can stop them. And and going back to what you said with the Niners, you want to talk about trucks, the Red Sea party. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> there's big holes left and right. Uh, but I, I got to agree with you here, Mike. I mean, obviously, we knew Green Bay, they're not the best run-stopping defense. In right. the NFL. Yes, they've got some elite uh, it, it, it pass rushers, obviously, 
I, I've always said it. Both Smiths got snubbed in the Pro Bowl. Not sure how that happened. Uh, I'm, wow. I'm pretty sure they'll make it and, and probably as a reserve for somebody else. But, uh, you know, as in terms of their run scheme and the run defense, the it, it was interesting to me because when we think about some of the better teams in the trenches, we thought about the Titans. We thought, we thought about uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Well, the 49ers aren't that far oh, off, yeah. Mike. I mean, they're e- elite offensive line with Joe Staley and all these other cats that they have up front. And then we already know about the four first-round picks they have on that defensive line. Uh, and they just, you know, put a hat on Aaron Rodgers. But what they said was against eight-man box, seven-man fronts, nine-man fronts, it's cool. We, we're, we're just going to run the football. Matt Breda, Mozart, and... Also, Coleman, a three-headed monster that Kyle Shanahan has. And we, we got to give it up to him for a second-year guy. Obviously, you know, learning from his dad, who's a legend, Kyle, Mike Shanahan from the days of Terrell Davis in the 90s with John yep. Elway. This zone run blocking system that he has has just been monumental for their success. Now, people are going to say, Jimmy Garoppolo, only eight passing attempts. Can that be translated in a Super Bowl? That's to be determined because, hey, what the 49ers say is we don't care eight-man fronts, nine-man fronts. If you can't stop us, we will not change who we are as in our identity. And and I think that's a telling thing. I, I think Kansas City has their work cut out for them in a couple of weeks. They absolutely do. And you made a, you made a great point about this, about San Francisco as well. When you when you look at um, that, that when, it, when it comes to, you know, obviously they have the first four, four, uh, the four first-round draft picks, excuse me, on defense. And then you look how great the offense is. Seb, you you and I both know this wholeheartedly. Steel sharp and steel. So when you when you got these great offensive linemen and this great defensive line going against each other every day in practice, I mean, like the, the, right. in their minds, they're thinking that's the best competition they have in the entire league in practice every day. So when they go out on Sunday, they just dominate. Nobody can match that intensity and that competitive fervor for full quarter. So that that right there alone in the trenches with this San Francisco team is something I really enjoy watching, and I've enjoyed watching them all year. And, on Sunday, I mean, offensive offensive line. I mean, my, they. I'm getting to the second level. Just it was it was beautiful watching those guys block and, and do their thing. But you're absolutely right. This 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 is set up for an amazing matchup. Uh, 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 San Francisco is uh, Kyle Shanahan. You're right. What he's done with this scheme, uh, running the football. Like you said, when when Tevin Coleman got hurt against Green Bay, I was actually a little skeptical and wondering like, wow, is this rushing attack? Gonna 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 uh, be up to snuff and, and continue to to put keep their foot on the gas, but they it's, it's, it turns out they 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 ran the ball even better when Coleman got hurt. So it, it, it was right, right. It, it, it was it was interesting to see, and I'm very interested to see what the game plan is gonna be like in the Super Bowl. Yeah, if some if you told me when Matt Breda got hurt, Mozart would be this, and then light years above what he's done. I thought he's been their best back. Come on now, with the absence yep. with uh, Breda, so. That's just huge for them. You look at the other side of the equation. What does what does this tell you with Kansas City? As great as Andy Andy Reid is, he needs that Super Bowl, illustrious Super Bowl trophy that he's looking for. It took Patrick Mahomes. What does this tell you about Kansas City being down twenty four, coming back, being down ten twice to Tennessee, and being able to come back? How, what what does Kansas City tell? This you? is a team that's maturing and is growing up and is learning from their experiences. Sebby, the best teacher in life, we both know this is experience. And last year, losing in the AFC Championship game the way that they did, as good as they played throughout the entire season, that that losing that championship, going through that adversity, 
really propelled them for what for what they were faced with this year. You could tell when they went down Houston, when they went down twenty four nothing after the first quarter, there was no panic in this team. You saw you saw it yesterday uh, the other day when they went down seventeen to seven against Tennessee. There was no panic. This team does not panic or fold when when things get tough because they've been there before. They've been in these situations before, and so they know how to answer it. They know how to overcome it. And and that that's what I mean. They, when it comes to Kansas City, experience has been the best teacher for them, and they've risen uh, from both for, from both their deficits in these playoffs this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely there for sure. And, and we have to give credit to the defense as well. They've stepped oh, yeah. up. I thought Tyron Matthew was was. I mean, he was lights yep. out uh, this Sunday. He was all over the field, mm-hmm. Mike. You saw him in the box. He, he has that hybrid role. You play him in the box. You can play outside. You can line him up against tight ends. I thought he was huge. He was flying all over the field, and he set the tone for this Kansas City yep. team to me as the heartbeat of the team. Uh, Chris Jones, obviously in the middle, was huge. Him bring, bringing him back. But if Kansas City can just be able to manufacture and, and get off the field on third downs, they don't need to. Obviously, it'd be great if you could create turnovers. But I think for them, their their recipe to win is this: the more possessions we can give this offense and Patrick Mahomes, the more we know we'll be able to put up points. And then when we do that, we can let Terrell Suggs, the veteran, we can let guys like Frank Clark get right. Home. Because they want to be able to sack, oh, yeah. and they don't want to be able to stop in the run. So I think the recipe for them is this. Is what, this is what I saw. I saw a team that wants to be able to do what they have to do and get off the field on third downs because they know this elite offense they have, it, it potent is at the right. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly what I saw too because you're right. They, they, they can come at you in so many different ways and like the different schemes. You know, you know Kyle Shanahan, he's one of the more creative Offensive, offensive minds in the league, if not the most creative. So, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, something. I just feel like we, we haven't seen the, the best of Kyle Shanahan when it comes to creative, creative play calling because we've seen a lot, but he was very, he didn't have to really get too deep into his playbook against Green Bay. He kept it pretty vanilla, pretty pedestrian, pretty straight downhill, uh, uh, running the football. So. I feel like if, if the opportunity presents itself in the Super Bowl, you're going to see the, uh, all the tricks out the bag. It's going to take all all of that to win the win to win this game. What what I what I, I feel sorry for Mike is <laughs> Steve Spagnuolo and Robert Salah. <laughs> yeah, these two these two defensive coordinators having two weeks to prepare and finding how to scheme something for Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. Oh, One word that describes him: good luck. Yep. Exactly, exactly. Andy Reid, he's going to use it. I don't know if Andy Reid is going to sleep for these next two weeks. I'm not even going to lie to you because I, I'm not, I don't think either side is going to sleep because. Mike, I think he has, right? He had a cheeseburger. Oh, yeah, the well, bed, you know, that, that night. But, you know, starting Monday, <laughs> we start all fresh. We start fresh on Monday. So, you know, he got he enjoyed the victory on Sunday. But I, I, don't, I, I think it's going to be a tough. He's going he's gonna to be scratching his head in the film, especially Spagnolo. He's going to be scratching his head in the film room trying to figure out what's going on. How, how can we stop this team? Because. They they can come at you in so many different ways, and knowing Kyle Shanahan the way we do, he's not done. And I know he got in these two weeks. I know he's got some tricks up his sleeve to really make something happen. So it's it's really gonna be a chess match between coordinators and coaches. Yeah, no doubt. No more cheeseburgers for nah, no more <laughs> for sure. These next couple of thirteen days, there for sure. So the stage is set in Miami. Who will be swimming with the Dolphins in Dolphin Stadium? Will it be Patrick Mahomes, the Golden Boy, or? Will the Niners host their sixth Lombardi Trophy? Apparently, Joe Montana predicts a guarantee that the Niners will come out on top. But we will find out February 3rd 
down in Miami. But when we come back, Mike, I hope you're ready for this. We look and we start to predict our all-star game starters. We look in the Western and the Eastern Conference, what these guys have done, this and much, much more, live inside Studio WNSC. Hi, I'm Alwyn Morgan Jr. with Precise Tax and Accounting Services in Central Florida. And I would love to give a special thanks to the SEBI Podcast crew and all that they do to keep me updated with everything sports during this busy tax season. Do you find yourself overwhelmed by the changes in our new tax law? Or would you just love to have the peace of mind that comes with dealing with a well-informed professional? If this sounds like you, please reach out to us for any of your tax, accounting, or small business needs and be sure to let us know that SEBI Podcast sent you. Thank you. All-Star Game 2020. Live in Chicago in the United Center. Obviously, the Eastern Conference is the representative this season for the All-Star Game in Chicago for the first time in a long time, actually. So, Mike, we're we're about this is the moment where we dissect and pick our starters. The reserves are a little bit harder. Yeah. uh, uh, We won't won't get to them yet, but we'll start off with the starters here. Um, Obviously, we know LeBron James, Doncic, and Giannis, those are the three that are leading candidates with the most votes now. So the West was a little bit harder for me. Yeah, it was. was. A a little bit easier, excuse me. West was a little bit easier and with clarity for me. I had Doncic and Harden in the backcourt. Obviously, what they've done this season, that's, you know, self-explanatory. I I think Doncic is not only a first-time starter and a first-time all-star, but I think he's deserving to be a starter. Curry hasn't played all year, so that's my backcourt. And then in the front court, I've got Kawhi Leonard and then the dynamic duo of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Your thoughts on that? I don't disagree. I mean, I don't see how you can disagree with that list. I struggle with finding a center, but I, I guess, you know, if you throw Anthony Davis at the center's position, I think we're pretty good. But we have the same we have the same list as far as players. To, but I, I don't see how you can put anybody else in the starting lineup in the Western Conference with those guys. Right, right. Now, the East is a little bit hard for oh, me. Oh, yeah. This one, this, this one was kind of hard. Um, Kyrie Irving was out and out, uh, this year. Obviously, he might get in and might start. That might just be off of just pure reputation. And yep. and, and, and he's just a showstopper. People are going to want to vote for him and want to see him on the court. Uh, so, ultimately, I do think he'll get in. But he wasn't on my starting uh, Eastern Conference t- rotation this year. So I, I thought another first-year starter uh, and, and another first-year All-Star was deserving Trey Young. Okay. What, what Trey okay. Young is doing right now is absurd, Mike. I mean, obviously yeah. those those numbers aren't translating to wins, but Trey Young, <laughs> that's a bad brother. That's a, I mean, he, you're not really supposed to be nutmegging grown men and, and, and shooting lights out from the logo what he's done. So uh, you look at the numbers, I mean, Third, almost nearly 30 points, eight assists. I mean, come on now. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? So I've got him and Kimball Walker in the backcourt uh, in the Eastern Conference. And this was when it got challenging. So obviously I've got Giannis in the front court. I yeah. mean, he's got to be there. Yeah. And so I've got Siakam, Pascal Siakam, who's also a first-time all-star on the team, what he's done with Toronto to keep him afloat 
I know he's hurt a couple bit last these last couple games, but I thought he's done enough this year. Career numbers across the board, 25.6 a game, nearly nine boards a game, and Joel Embiid. Now, now here's the thing. So I've got Joel Embiid, Giannis, and Siakam. So I, I was trading here because I wanted to give props for what Miami's done this year. I, I thought my the Heat has been excellent. Um, I, I thought they can legit have three all-stars. That being Butler, Bam Adebayo, and of course, um, a nun. So I was a little up and down picking, should I start Jimmy over Siakam? So I ultimately picked Siakam, Embiid, and, and, and Giannis to round out that rotation for the Eastern Conference. So I, I left Butler out, and I guess he was the one that, that ended up in the wrong end being snubbed. Yeah, I got you. Uh, my East, my Eastern uh, Conference starters are a little bit different than yours. I have Trey Young as my point guard because, like you said, he's been uh, proficient. You know, he's dead. The, the the wins haven't piled up for him, but his production and play, it's it, it stepped up tremendously this year. Uh, and he's picked up where he left off the, in the second half of last year. Where we differ is the shooting guard. I'm gonna put Bradley Beal in there, Sebi. Bradley yeah. Beal, Bradley Beal. Even though the Wizards aren't winning. Bradley Bill has has contributed and and done st- uh, things for this team that we uh, we haven't seen in a while and and what he's doing for the what he's doing with the Wizards they're not winning but he's he's turned into the leader now that John Wall's been hurt he's been the guy to take over the helms and he's he's putting up amazing numbers I mean well he started off the season a little bit slow but once he really picked it up uh, he picked it up and started looking like the t- a top shooting guy so I'm going with Bradley Bill right there Giannis we don't really have to talk much about Giannis he's the of course, he would be the lead guy at, at the small forward position, what he's doing this year. He's my leading candidate for MVP so far. Uh, Pascal Siakam, yeah, he would be my he would be my, my, my four at, at the power forward position because he's continued that tra- uh, trail that he was on last year, and he's looking like a perennial all-star in the future. And at the center, I would, I would give it to Joel Embiid, but Sebi, I was this close, this close to giving it to Bam Adebayo. What I've seen from Bam this year, the improvement right. that he's made, he's been consistent all year long. Right. Um, the reason why I give it to Embiid was just because he's he's the star. He's the guy that – he's the star. He, and he, he hasn't played as consistently as we would have liked him to this year. But he's, 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 he's definitely stepped up when he had to, and he's definitely put up some monster performances. So I, um, I, I'm going to go with Joel Embiid, but the Bam out of bio has to come off my bench. Has to. Oh. Oh, oh, no doubt, no doubt. And, and I think guys like Butler and Bam, who I didn't have starting under my rotation, will ultimately make it in the Eastern Reserves. There's, there's no question about that. Your guy, Bradley Bill, only reason I didn't start him is because he doesn't have that stardom name yet. The league don't know about him yet. He's been lost in, in, in Washington. So um, you being close up front with the team, you guys know all about him. And more of like the Eastern bias, mm-hmm. you know, the Western – the, the West Coast people, uh, they stay up late at night. They don't really get to see Bradley Bill in the national stage. So that's why I had Kimba uh, there. But, you know, hey, Bradley Bill has deserved it as well. And I ultimately think those three guys will come off as 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 uh, reserves. So um, the reserves don't really come out until later on. But that was my rotation there. I, I got no problem with that rotation there. It, 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 that, that was a solid roster there. Now let me ask you this. For all of the talent that everybody says, oh, the Western Conference got the better players than the Eastern Conference, like everybody's shifting out West. There's a drastic difference between the talent on the Western to the Eastern. I-, I thought it was clearly 
easier to pick the Western Conference than the Eastern Conference. Your 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 thoughts on it? It was. It was. It was definitely easier in the West because of the star power and because of the guys that at different positions that you just knew had to be in the starting lineup. Like the starting five that we have in the West, we can't disagree with that five because those are just those are just the top five. Those are just the guys that have to be in the starting lineup in the West. But when it comes to the East, the, the level of competition and the level of competitive competitive fervor that we've seen all year long from different from different players and improvements from most from a lot of these players, uh, it's, it, it made it a, a little bit more dicier than 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 we had uh, previously expected. Yeah, definitely there for sure. Uh, um, but but as we wind down this this portion here and we talk about the reserves, I know those haven't come out yet at all. Any guy either in the Western Conference or Eastern Conference to look out for that might make their first appearance this season? Uh, in the East, definitely Kendrick Nunn. He's he's somebody I'm I'm definitely looking at as a possibility. And in the Western Conference, I'm looking at Brandon Ingram. What Brandon Ingram's doing right now, he's having an all-star year. He's playing with confidence. And I think Brandon Ingram uh, would definitely find his way into the all-star game. And I think this will propel him to be a perennial all-star for the rest of his career. No, no doubt, and great minds think alike. Brandon Ingram was my guy as well with the Pelicans from the Western Conference. You look at almost 24 a game, almost uh, seven boards a game. What he's done to keep the Pelicans afloat, I mean, obviously, they're waiting for Zion tomorrow night. We'll get to that, Mike. You know, that's the highly anticipated. Mount Zion is coming. Yep. So we'll get to that. And then in in the Eastern Conference, this is kind of tricky. This is really tricky. I thought uh, a, a guy like a Ben Adebayo would be my pick for what he's done thus far. I, I mean, light years from a guy that not only has changed his game, Mike, but also in the MV, uh, uh, MIP excuse me, conversation, yep. the most improved yes. player of the year uh, conversation as well. And, and that was huge. Guys like say Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as well would be other picks. I, I, I think what Tatum and Brown has done to keep the Celtics afloat, first-time starters as well. You know, me being biased. <laughs> I, I thought they were well-deserving to be uh, uh, reserves as well. But, hey, we'll, we'll see. You're right. We'll you're, right. you're absolutely right about those two guys with the subject. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have stepped their game up tremendously. And, oh, man, you're right. The, Jason Tatum, what he's been doing, especially the last couple of weeks or so, oh, man, coming into his own. And, and he will be an all-star for sure. Are they still doing the captains, uh, the the captain thing? Or, yes, you know? yes, they're, they're, and, and you know it's it's even better now because just like last year, they're actually going to televise it. Remember the first year they didn't televise it? Right, 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 yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, so, yep. Right, yeah, it was James and and Giannis uh, last year, and then yeah. the previous year was James and Curry. Yeah, that's the one that they didn't televise. I thought that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, to see. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, I thought. James' roster last year was better than Giannis. We'll see if he. Well, yeah, LeBron has had the better rosters the first two years, just because he's had Kevin Durant, guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie on this team. Like certain certain dudes, like when you have the two best players in the league on the same team, that's pretty tough. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right, right. We'll see if that changes as well. Other NBA news, obviously the big one, Zion Williamson making his obviously highly anticipated debut tomorrow night. The Pelicans don't look out, Mike. They they. Hey, they're right in the thick of things to get in. Yep. Obviously, what John Moran is doing with the Memphis Grizzlies right now is to something to be alarmed about and, and, and be able to watch. I mean, I, when I get when I see Ja, he's the type of guy that okay, I got to tune in and watch what he does. So I know if Ja's playing and Zion there, that's the two transcendent players moving on forward. So the Pelicans can make a run with Williamson coming back out as well. Uh, so. 
Talk to us about that and what do you expect from Zion? I expect Zion to be Zion. Zion loves the game. He's passionate about it. He's hungry. He's uh he's tired of going to he's tired of practicing and working his tail off to get back and then all of a sudden have to sit on the bench and watch his team compete. Uh players hate that. And I know Zion's one of them. I I expect him to go out there and uh I don't expect him to have put up crazy numbers, but I do expect him to bring the bring the intensity, bring the energy, bring the defense, the passion, all the all these things. So um, it's going to take him a little bit of time to get his legs under him and to get, you know, adjusted to this real NBA, NBA game because you know he played in the uh, he played in the summer league, but that's not the NBA competition on it. It's going to take him some, take him some time to get adjusted to playing with these grown men and and, uh, and getting adjusted to NBA speed. So I just I, I look forward to seeing him continue to mature and get better as a player as, as the year goes on as he gets more comfortable. But you're right, I think the Pelicans the way they're playing this year they continue to keep this up. They'll be fighting for a, 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 a low playoff spot. Yeah, for sure, for sure, no doubt. Um, one thing you can bank with Zion, obviously, you know, he might come out rusty. It's his first uh, a game. Obviously, he's been sleeping on the sidelines, so you could tell the man's bored. Yeah, he's, he's, he's ready for this. He's made yeah. for these moments. Even if the production isn't there, Mike, I think what we can bank on is the tenaciousness, yes. the, 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 the heart. You know what I'm saying? Diving yep. for the loose, loose balls, being able to rim protect, being able to turn a defense to offense and out in transition. I think what Gentry is going to do now is with Zion back, Mike, look for the the the, the Smoothie King show oh. in transition. B.I. In, on the wing. You've got Zion running in the break. You've got Lonzo running the show. I, I think that's what you're going to see from a young, talented team who they got no problems running. So, I, I I think with Zion there, especially in transition, that's where he's really gonna make his impact in the NBA for sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like you say, he's he's one of those guys where a coach would never have to worry about, you know, if he, if his shots aren't falling or if he's not having the best efficient game, whether or not he's gonna continue to compete at a high level. Because that's just him. That's what he does. He brings that energy to the table every single game, no matter what the outcome. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him play against against the top dogs. Russell Westbrook, last night, 146. It's 146. That's crazy, Mike. Uh, Triple-double. Only Wilt Chamberlain has the most. Russ now stands alone in second place for that. For all the criticism, right, for all the remarks, what he does is just stat pat. Does he really change that to wins? What, what we don't understand, I think we take a greatness of Russell Westbrook for granted. Um, we see all these triple-doubles and we're dazzled with them. But we don't understand how hard it is to actually earn a triple double. Exactly. That has 146. Now he has a triple double in every single team. Only an exclusive class of LeBron James is in that criteria. So Russell Westbrook, I mean, obviously he's a Hall of Famer, but do we take him for granted, Mike? I, I think we kind of do take him for. I, I can't think we kind of do take him for granted, but I think most of the criticism for Russell Westbrook comes from. You know, the, the 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 low basketball IQ and the fact that he hasn't won in the playoffs past the first round since Kevin Durant hasn't been there. Yes, we, we love the fact that he gets triple doubles. We love the fact that he goes 100%, 100% every game, never cheats the game. I don't care who who they're playing. He's going to give you everything he has. We love that about him. But sometimes it's been it's been situations where he's tried to do too much. That aggression that he's shown has is, is gotten the best of him, and, and, and he hasn't reaped the best benefits from it. And it hasn't translated to winning in the playoffs over the last three years. So, yeah, we love these triple-doubles, and we love the effort that he's putting up. But the low basketball cue and the lack of winning in the playoffs when it really matters and seeing how these triple-doubles, the, the aggression and, and the fact that he goes all out every single play, 
uh, most Russell Westbrook fans, including myself, really love that about him. But where I think uh, Westbrook turns a lot of people off, including his fans, is the fact that, you know, triple doubles and he, he's averaged them for the last three years. But then you look at the fact that it hasn't translated into winning in the playoffs and high leverage moments. And also it's the like that aggression that he's used it has definitely uh, is, it has been his downfall. It's been his downfall in certain in certain moments. So uh, it, it's not the fact that he, you know, we take him for granted the fact that he gets these triple doubles. I think it's, some of these fans are reading, are starting to read between the lines and realize that it just hasn't translated to winning. And it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's being too aggressive. He's getting too assertive at certain moments and doesn't know how to pick his spats. And that, that comes from having a lack of a, a, a strong basketball IQ. A lot of things happened last night, obviously. MLK on the NBA, that's a huge thing that uh, even David Stern, now to Adam Silver, what they've done with the NBA in remembrance of the great Dr. King and his legacy, what he's done for sure. A lot of things happened last night. Obviously, 61 from <laughs> Damian Lillard. You want to talk oh, about my- a bad man. That's, that's, a, that's a bad man as well. Uh, and the Celtics finally breaking through. They've beaten arch rivals, the, the Los Angeles Lakers. We know how a historic rivalry that is. Um, AD coming back in his first game back from uh, his um, latest injury. The Lakers look lackluster, but I thought it was what the Celtics did um, that propelled them. So anything last night uh, that, that caught your attention? It was definitely the Damian Lillard 61 points. I watched that whole game from start to finish. The Warriors are a better team than people people realize because they have marginal talent, but they have a system, that same system, that Steve Kerr system where everybody passes the ball and, you know, it's ball movement and everybody's getting touches and, and, and prevailing from it. And I saw Damian Lillard put on a show. He put on an absolute show. And it's not even the fact that he has 61 points. See, some, sometimes, Sebby, we can look at the stat sheet and be like, oh, wow, he has 61 points. That's amazing. But if you watch the game yesterday and you see when he took his shots, when he made key moments, when he made key shots in big moments, I think that stands out to me a lot. A lot. Uh, it, watching that game really told a, a much better story than actually just looking at the box score and saying, oh, wow, he has 61 points. It was when he scored those 61 in timely matter. They needed every bucket of it in order to win that game. And I, I was very uh, impressed with that performance. Yeah, I mean, come on now. <laughs> come on now, Mike. That's the type of guy you want in an all-star game. Oh, yeah. People are going <laughs> to pay money and tickets to go uh, and look at as well. Uh, so quickly here, obviously, this we do this every week. Our power ranking, our top five. So mm-hmm. a lot of things has changed, Mike. Lots of things has changed. So the first two are constant. It's been the constant all year long. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Lakers are, are doing right now. They're in a collision course to perhaps meet up in the NBA Finals. These two teams, by far, has been landslide better than anybody in the NBA. Now, obviously, there's a change here. The biggest drop this week was the Celtics. They went from three to eight. Obviously, they got blown out by Milwaukee. Lackluster performance against the Suns at home gave them that tilt for them to drop. So the Clippers are third now. Eric Spolster's Heat are fourth. And then of course, in the last 20 games, nobody's been hotter than Quinn Snyder's Jazz. So that rounds up your top five. Your thoughts, Mike? I love the top five. I was just surprised the Jazz didn't move up even more. Because when you look at how they're winning and who they're been against, they went on the East Coast road trip and swept the entire road trip. So it, it was, it was, it, I, I've been very impressed with what I've seen from the Jazz. The ball movement, the, the distribution of the, throughout this team, and Donovan Mitchell has, has taken this game to another level. So I was I I am glad the Jazz are in the list. I just thought they would be at four or three. 
But but I have no problem with this list. All five of these teams have been playing very impressive. Miami continues to shock everybody. They're they're locked in right now at the number two seed. Uh, the Clippers. The Clippers uh, got some big wins. Got a big win against New Orleans uh, this past week on Saturday. So it was it was uh, I, I, I was impressed with the with the Clippers as well. And of course, no until 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 they get double digit losses. The 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 Bucks and the Lakers are not going anywhere as far as the one and two, you know. They're, they're, but they're they're the two teams in the league right now with, without double digit losses. So, I I like I don't mind those two being being flip flopping back and forth between one and two. Now, if you're intrigued to know the top ten, Denver falls at six. They're currently battling with with the Clippers now for second and third seed in the West. Mm-hmm. The Toronto Raptors, all of a sudden, they've got their main man Siakam back in. What they've they've got some impressive wins. Uh, thus far, Boston lands at eight, of course, and then you've got Dallas at nine, and the team that not a lot of team are talking about, Mike, the Indiana Pacers. Yes. What they've done. Uh, to me, Sabonis as well. You want to talk about first time All Stars? He's a guy to me that's kept Dave McMillan's team afloat. Dave McMillan to me was my pick for Coach of the Year. Obviously, what he's done, he's done a fantastic job waiting for their leader Oladipo to get back. Uh, in a couple weeks now, in fact, in a week or so. So uh, and what Sabonis has done for them, going able to win in Denver, going to different buildings and being able to win on the road, that's huge. So my sleeper team at 10 is the Indiana Pacers. That's that's actually a sleeper team for me as well because they can defend. Defense was never their problem. They pride themselves on defense. But this year they had, they got a chance to add to their scoring and, and, be, and like adding guys like Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, Guys like that, and then Oladipo. TJ Warren, there. Mike. TJ TJ Warren, and and then Victor Oladipo will be back very soon. So, this team is scary offensively, and they just add into the the already the, the mentality and the rough the, the the tough physical defensive play that they already they already um are capable of playing at. So, the, the, yes, right, you're right. That Pacers team is special. Oh man, I mean they're unbelievable. My they can legit go nine ten deep. Yep. The Holiday Brothers, they've made it a national holiday in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> they've been outstanding off the bench uh, for May- Dave McMillan's unit. So that rounds up your top ten this week there for sure. A- any other thoughts before we close out tonight, Mike? Yeah, definitely, man. I was I was very uh intrigued with those those two uh championship games that we had. Um, we're looking forward to the Super Bowl, NBA. We got a couple, We got some big games coming up. We, right now, we got the uh, Luka Doncic versus Kawhi Leonard going against each other. It's just, it's just a lot going on in sports. Yeah. Oh, we, Sebi, we didn't get a chance to talk about it. Uh, uh, Coco Golf defeated Venus Williams for the second time. So right, it was, right, yeah, right. yeah, I mean, it was. I, I was. Is in, this the changing of guard? I, I, is it? Female. It's, it's like the passing of the torch. You know what I mean? So it's, it's one of those. It's, it, it's, it was. I'm I'm very impressed with Coco Golf because I I literally watched her when she went up against Naomi Osaka. She wasn't ready for Osaka because Osaka was better prepared for that matchup than she was. So I think that loss against Osaka prepared her to go up against Williams again. And she looks much more mature, much more confident and poised than she did last year going up against Osaka. So I just love what I'm seeing from Coco Golf, the young 16-year-old phenom. Uh, the future is bright for her. And uh, – um, I, I I was just very impressed with Coco, man. She she's gonna she's gonna be around for a long time. Yeah, definitely. There, obviously, the Williams sisters are are dwindling in their years. Maybe it's a new face for American tennis, and that person might be Coco Golf there for sure. Uh, with her story there as well. Um, my my bold prediction: they might just give those World Series rings to the Dodgers. Don't be intru- don't be uh, surprised about that. Uh, 
Okay. With the Red Sox and the Astros getting caught, don't be surprised if Bud Sealing uh, does pulls out something off his hat. Huh. That, that that definitely could be a possibility because the more we hear about these these allegations and these these, these, scandals, these scandals coming up, I mean, this they they just they just wreak what you don't want in the professional sports. You don't want none of this in professional sports. And I think you know the MLB has to send a real message. And you know I, I know I know they, they they've gotten rid of and they've suspended some GMs and and managers and things of that nature. But I, I think there's still a message to be made out there. Definitely there for sure. Quickly before we leave here, college shoot this week. Yep. Coverage of Georgetown and VCU. Where will you be this weekend? Uh, th- this weekend, this weekend, I'm actually, I'm actually not covering a VCU game this week uh, or or Georgetown. I won't be covering a Georgetown game until next Wednesday when they play Butler. But I will be um, covering VCU playing St. Joe's right now. I will be doing an article for that game and things of that sort. I'll still be doing articles for uh, uh, Georgetown and VCU things of that nature. But I won't be covering the game. Uh, until the Georgetown game against Butler next next uh, Tuesday. All right, there you got it. First, folks, firsthand, Michael Gray there for for sure. And as we dwindle down tonight, we want to say so long from night from us here in the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. We'll see you guys soon. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes. Have no fear, the Sebi Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast dot info for any of our audio segments on spotify and itunes and some of our streaming visuals on our youtube website and links there at sebipodcast.info some cool merch if you want to dm us and send us all of your email requests we'll be sure to get them here on the sebi podcast experience and remember folks whether you're listening on air or viewing online sebi podcast is wherever you go and that is the slogan